Hello there. Welcome to Evidence for Faith. And this is Michael Lane in our continuation on our study that we're doing right now on why are there so many translations of the Bible? And today, as we're looking at these different translations, the the version I want to go into today is literally one of my favorites. It's one I use very frequently. It's one of my most used Bibles that I have. And we are talking about the New American Standard Bible, often just called the NASB. Um, Frequently, it's abbreviated that way. We're going to be looking at this really, really important. This is one of these that I mentioned in the introduction. If you are going to really do a serious Bible study, this is one Bible I just so highly recommend you get because it has some features you won't find on any other um, Bible that you pick up at any bookstore or any, like, anything like that. This thing has unique features, and it is just such an accurate translation. Um, many people who study this often consider, many scholars do consider this to be uh, one of the most, and some people even say the most, I don't go quite that far, but it is one of the most accurate translations that you can possibly get your hold of hold uh, your hands on and be able to read and understand it. A layman can can do this with this Bible. So we're going to be taking a look at this. And as we've been doing here so far in this series, which will continue, I want to take a familiar passage, and it's Psalm 23. We're going to look at Psalm 23 out of the New American Standard Bible. Now, I am using the 1995 edition. It's the one I primarily have on my desk that I use all the time. So this is the 23rd uh, Psalm, and I think many of you will recognize this very easily. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou hast anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, you might notice right away that there's some thous and stuff inside of this passage. Now, they only do this on occasion, like in prayers and stuff, do the translators put those in there. If you get the 2020 version, um, they have removed those and put in more contemporary English words to it. Um, they've also gone to the point in the, in the newest translation of taking, in, where it says all men are created, you know, uh, in the image of God and stuff like this. That well, it's just not for men. It includes women, so they have added men and women instead of just doing it the old-fashioned way, um, and what you'd seen in older translations and stuff. But anyway, this this is a really interesting and, like I say, a very much uh, beloved Bible in my opinion. It was first put together and was published in 1971, and it was updated in 77, which is another 
version I use frequently, nine, uh, the 1977 and the 1995. I have both of those and I use them frequently. And now there is the uh, 2020 version. But here's one of the drawbacks that you're going to find with this thing. The readability, as you put this thing through a readability test, it comes out um, beyond high school. It's a collegiate reading level. And right there is, we're going to get into it later, but that's one of the, the problems with this, that this is sometimes a very difficult Bible to understand um, because of the way it was put together. Now, the type of translation that we have here, this is a formal what we've been calling a word-for-word -word translation. This is a, <laughs> the, a formal equivalent. Scholars working on this translation sought to make the most accurate Bible possible by translating the words in context from the old manuscripts. They developed a system to capture the word usage and the sentence structures of the original languages. Now, in doing so, this makes it more of a collegiate reading level. Though, I read this frequently when I was in high school, and I didn't have really much that trouble, many troubles with it. But a lot of people, um, some, well, I won't say a lot, there are some people that would find this um, uh, a difficult read, shall we say. I know some that will say that with just about any Bible, it seems like, except the NIV. Anyway, uh, the purpose. Why did these scholars put this together? Well, it was to make, the whole purpose was um, an organization called the Lachman Foundation wanted to make the most accurate translation possible. The most popular one up to this, of course, was the King James Version, um, which is centuries old, but it is still considered a, a great classic. But then in the, um, uh, in the right around the 18, uh, later 1800s, early 1900s, we had the American Standard Version, which became very, very popular here in the United States. And um, it was one, it's very good translation, as I've mentioned uh, it before in previous broadcasts. It is one you can download for free. You often get it in free software and stuff like this because it's in public domain. But what they wanted to do is they, they sort of wanted to make a, um, a newer version of that Thus, we have the American Standard. This is the new American Standard. Um, but they wanted to make the most accurate translation possible. And in doing so, they precisely and so, so carefully tried to make it the closest they could in English to the original language. Thus, they go word by word, choosing extremely careful um, methodology that they use to make sure that they were keeping the um, the original, like the Greek, the um, Aramaic, uh, and the Hebrew, getting it to the most close English word possible. And they did this word by word like that. So they trans uh, the way this was translated, the, the Lachman Foundation, which is a private organization, are the people who put this thing together. And most New American Standard Bibles will have a page, a, a foreword in them dedicated uh all about the Lockman Foundation because they're the ones who, who funded and were behind this. What they did is they chose conservative experts of these ancient languages uh, to translate, to go back to the earliest uh, manuscripts like the Biblia um, Hebraica, which is one of the, the oldest manuscripts considered one of the most accurate. Um, the Nova uh, Testum uh, Gracia, uh, that's... Um, a very, very old, one of the oldest copies of the entire 
uh, New Testament. They used the Dead Sea Scrolls. They they took uh, these ancient manuscripts and they literally went singularly word by word, keeping the context of what was going on, what is what is being written, and then utilizing the most close English word to it. Thus, they made a word-for-word translation. They they studied, these were experts in the original languages, and they studied um, the, the form of the language, the grammar of the language, and they included that into this as closely as they could into English. Um, now, one thing that they did is they included the paragraphs. It's one of the very few Bibles you will be able to get hold of that you can see in the ancient manuscripts that we have, the oldest manuscripts, where the actual paragraphs are noted. And they do this by bold printing the number, um, certain verse numbers will be in bold print, indicating that is the beginning of a new paragraph. Thus, you, they kept the paragraphs consistent with how the manuscripts were. And they did this intentionally to keep the context, um, as well as meticulously choosing each word to match the original meaning of the words in those languages. In doing this, they removed bias from the translation. Um, though it is elevated, it's readability. It's made it harder to read, but they have been so precise in the methodology of doing this. And having paragraphs, knowing the paragraphs, that helps to remove taking verses out of context. Because as we are um, all taught in like middle school or even upper elementary today, that a paragraph is so important because it gives you um, the context, all the verses following in that same paragraph pertain to the thesis statement or the, the topic sentence of the paragraph. And by the, the New American Standard is the one that keeps us this way. So when people come up to me frequently and um, people ask me, can you explain this verse to me? And if I'm not real familiar with it, I, I say, okay, hold on. I pull out on my phone my New American Standard Bible. I look up the verse and then I go back and I see what's the thesis sentence. In what paragraph is that verse sitting? And then I read the thesis sentence of that paragraph because the verse they're asking me about pertains to that. Thus, I do not take things out of context that way. And that's why this Bible is so important. If you're going to really do serious Bible study, you really need to have a New American Standard. It's got to be one of your sole primary um, Bibles for doing this. I, I can't emphasize that enough for you. Now, unique features. I've already mentioned a few in here, but this translation was meticulously, uh, thoroughly, and painstakingly put together. took three years for these scholars to do this, um, following the grammar and terminology of the ancient languages in contemporary English. The scholars tried their best to find the truest meaning of each word that God spoke. And they realize, too, that Jesus is all through the Bible, just not the New Testament. We see all about Jesus written through, him, uh, through the Old Testament as well, and they kept this going because that's how the Bible is actually set up. A second thing uh, that I find very unique about this Bible is, as I mentioned, it's very unique in that it has the paragraphs um, noted from the oldest manuscripts. So that is so important in helping you keep, as I said, things in context. And that is a, a phenomenal gift that we have by using this Bible. So it helps you so much be able to keep things in context. Um, and they will, every single version or, or Bible that you buy of a New American Standard will always tell you 
in um, before the, the text actually begins in the uh, forward or the preface or something like that, um, the unique feature of this and how this works and the way that they do this first number. So what problems, as we've been going through translations and talking about, well, what's the problem with this one? What's the problem here? Uh, really, about the only problem I, I really have with this translation is that it's just not that readable as some others. I mean, you want something readable? Yeah, NLT, NIV, those, or, or even God's Word translation. Some of these are really easy to understand, but this one is, without a doubt, very, very accurate. Um, it's, uh, it's probably one of the most accurate versions of the Bible you can get. And as we've been doing, we've been looking at Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13, and comparing it in all of these different translations, and we'll continue doing this with other um, translations and paraphrases and stuff coming. So let's take a look at Titus 2, 11 through 13, and read it out of this New American Standard. It reads, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. I mean, it's to me, that's not that hard to, to get. I mean, some of the words here were, you know, not elementary style words and, and everything. It's not in my opinion, that difficult of a Bible to, to read. Though some people, they, they do seem to dislike it because it's, it's a little difficult. But it is, yeah, I mean, let's just get to the facts here. The end, New American Standard is one of the more difficult translations to read. It, it, it is. There's, there's a lot of other Bibles that are easier to read. Yet it is considered one of the most accurate of the oldest manuscripts. Even sentence structure is not in basic correct English. Sometimes this is like almost like Yoda from Star Wars talking and, and reading, sometimes because predicates and things are moved around a little bit. So if you desire, though, to study Scripture from the probably one of the most truest meanings you can get, the New American Standard Bible is perhaps one of the best Bibles available to any, any person. I highly recommend it as a primary study Bible uh, due to the fact of paragraph placement and other things about how accurate they did in translating this. And if you really want to get into this, there's um, the type of uh, one uh, style of the Bible you can purchase. It's called the Keyword um, Bible Study, or I'm sorry, the Keyword Study Bible and um, made by AMG Press. They put it out, and it actually includes a Greek and Hebrew dictionary in the back, and they highlight key words in both the Old and the New Testament, giving you the Strong's numbers, if you're familiar with what those are, um, things to help you navigate and find definitions, um, even though you're, you know, it's, it's for people who don't speak Greek and Hebrew. Um, the numbers give you, uh, are, are put into the dictionary in the back, and you can get one of these Bibles, uh, I think hardback, you can sometimes get them for under $40. Um, leather, of course, would be more, but i that's what mine is sitting here on my desk, and I have used this so often. Um, it's one of my favorite Bibles. I highly, highly recommend you getting a New American Standard, and um, uh, I think you'll be very happy with it. It really clarifies Scripture and helps you keep things in context. So, 
I hope you've enjoyed this one today, uh, this lesson here. This wasn't a very long lesson, but um, I mean, there's so many things I could talk about this and go on and on and on, but that's not my point of these. I'm just trying to give you a synopsis of the different translations that are out there. So if you're finding these things useful and finding different Bibles, maybe some of these you've heard of, some of them you haven't, some of them you've been questioning, what's this, why is this number um, in this Bible uh, in bold print and other Bibles it's not, well, you can find out now, and well, you should understand now why these things are like that. This is a great Bible. I highly encourage you to get it. I want to thank you for joining me today as we've gone through another one of these Bible lessons, and tune in very soon. We'll have another one. We'll be taking a look at another translation of the Bible and talk about how it was put together, what's the the cool things about it, what's the um, difficulties about it, and little additional comments. So join me again. And until we meet again, take care and may God bless. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you to our donors who make this program possible. You can help us produce the next course by becoming a donor at evidenceforfaith.org give or use the links in the description. Don't forget to leave a comment, a review, likes, and shares to feed the algorithm and help others find this content. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.